looking after Australia, putting all these ranges out there, is the most important job that we've got at the moment, you know. And it, it, it's one of the best jobs because we're working out on country, we're working with our traditional owners, and we're learning out there as that's our the environment is our biggest school. And our old people is our scientists that are teaching us the traditional ways. Yeah, and we're, we're capturing the moment of all the trips, of all the things that we come across, of all the animals that we deal with. We're capturing them and holding on to that knowledge to, into our database, and that's where it's safe for the future. Hello, you're listening to Earth Matters, produced in the studios of 3CR Radio in Fitzroy, Victoria, on the lands of the Wurundjeri, and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. We're bringing you environmental and social justice stories. I'm Michaela Stubbs. Today I'll be speaking with Chantal Bowden, Nuru Indigenous Ranger, about the significance of Indigenous protected areas and the Working on Country program for people, culture and the environment. Then Sophia Walter from the Country Needs People campaign will tell us about how they're working to secure ongoing funding for the Indigenous protected areas and the Rangers program to ensure that it continues to grow past the current funding deadline of 2018. Indigenous protected areas are voluntarily dedicated by First Nations people to Australia's national reserve system to promote biodiversity and conserve cultural resources. The first IPA, the Nantawaranya Indigenous Protected Area, was declared 18 years ago on the 26th of August 1998 when the Anyamatna people of the Nepabana community in South Australia volunteered 580 square kilometres between the Flinders Ranges and the Gammon Ranges National Parks and committed to work to restore the natural and cultural values of the area. The agreement stated... An Indigenous protected area is governed by the continuing responsibilities of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples to care for and protect lands and waters for present and future generations. By agreeing to establish Indigenous protected areas, First Nations people have contributed two-thirds of all new additions to the National Conservation Reserve System since 1997, and they're a vital contribution to sequestering carbon dioxide and conserving threatened species. There are currently 60 declared Indigenous protected areas, covering land three times the size of Victoria. In 2007, the Indigenous Rangers Working on Country program was launched, and there are now 109 ranger groups and 777 Indigenous Rangers around the country. Speaking to us from the Great Sandy Desert in the Kimberley is Nora Ranger Chantal Bowden. Firstly, if you could just tell us a little bit about the Indigenous Rangers program that you've got happening there and your involvement with it. Yeah, well, we're the Ngurua Rangers and we're uh, we're based south of Fitzroy Crossing, about 150 south of Fitzroy Crossing and um, in the Great Sandy Desert. Uh, we look after the Canning Stockwood and right down to the Percival Lake up to near Fitzroy and across to Bigidanga, uh, halfway to Bigidanga. 
Um, it's a big area that we look after, mainly doing um, just looking after a country with Jilla people. So we look after waterholes. Jilla is a living water that's out on the country. And um, we maintain and manage each site on country. And um, the rangers go out, collect stories, um, put it into the database, and that's just stores there for future generation. Um, and it also gets access through the kids within the schools, so they're learning within their environment, school environment as well as um, coming out on country. Uh, some of the things that the rangers do is um, weed management, feral animals, um, bilbies, native collection of seeds and plants and native monitoring on animals, uh, tourists monitoring along the Kenning Stockwood. Yeah, so there's heaps of stuff that the rangers do out on country, um, mainly protecting the environment and keeping it as um, natural as we can um, out on country. So you work closely with the elders and with the young people too? Yep, so the young people do get involved. Um, we have a we have trips back on country, um, and when we plan those big trips, we get some we get traditional owners for the areas that we are visiting and going to do our to de- deliver our work. And traditional owners bring their um, young youth as well. So we intend to we also take our young youth to encourage them for you know um, pathways for work and stuff yeah. if they want to become rangers. How long has the the program been running for, and who's involved? So there's this IPA Indigenous Protected Area that came in first before the Working on Country Ranger was developed. Mm-hmm. So Indigenous Protected Area was declared in November 2007, and mm-hmm. that's located within the Ngurra Native Title Area, and it's about it covers 1.6 million hectares on country. And um, our native, uh, that's just looking after some significant sites. So there's three significant sites that our old people have um, notified and uh, and they want us rangers to protect. What sort of benefits you've seen for the community through having the, the program running? Um, there was heap, there's heaps of benefits, benefits coming out of this program for the community. The community gets involved with planning. The community gets involved with um, steering the, the ranger program. Uh, we also have the schools involvement now. There's five schools that Murra Rangers is working with, and they, um, like I said earlier, they have a access to our um, database, which they can access. Any, anything like from animals to feral stuff to native stuff and all that. Mm. And they, they look at the maps and stuff like that on where we are. And that's accessible to the five schools that are that are working with Ngurra. And that kicked off um, last year, I think, yeah, mm. which is good. Excellent. And tell us a bit about the the Bilby survey that you've got coming up. 
So next week um, we'll be doing a bilby survey, and uh, the, there's two groups. So we've got men, we've got one big group, but we've we've got men ranges and women ranges, and the women ranges are mostly focused around the bilbies and looking after and protecting bilbies. So next week the ladies will be going out on country in one of the bilby sites to monitor the bilbies, um, set up camera traps and to do a two-hectare plot just to see if whatever else we're working with and to monitor if there's any feral animals around the area like cats and and dogs and stuff um, and camels. So they just destroy the bilby burrows. And, yeah, so we're just going to gonna go out next week to monitor all that. Mm. And so the bilby is one of the more endangered animals, is it? Yep. Yeah. And um, was there a regional festival or something recently? Yep. There was a um, bilby festival at Kirakora, located in the Kissin Desert. And um, so we drove down from Fitzroy. It took us a um, day and a half to get there. Mm. And um, we've joined in with other desert ranger groups from others um, in the desert. And um, we just talked about Bilby stuff, how can we come up with a management plan and a, um, how can we monitor all this thing and, and mainly to see how much Bilby is really out there from each area. Mm. What were some of the findings that came out of that gathering? Well, some of the things that, like, we up in the Kimberleys don't much do um, a lot of with hands-on tools for monitoring. We do biodiversity surveys when we go on Bilby sites up here in the Kimberleys. Um, but there are some things that we also didn't use down there. So with the, I've, I've learned that there's more, more things than just going out and more things to monitor with different tools. Um, and, yeah, there's uh, the things that they use down there, we don't use it up here in the Kimberleys. Across the country, on the Community Radio Network, you're listening to Earth Matters. We're hearing from Nora Ranger, Chantal Bowden, about the importance of the Indigenous Protected Areas and the Indigenous Rangers Program. So tell us a little bit about the Sandy Desert and the Kimberley region, what it looks like and what sort of plants and animals are there. Um, there's some different animals in, in terms of colors and stuff, but same animals. Mm. Uh, some of them, except the, with the landscape, more up north, it's more, um, rainfall areas, uh, with a lot of wattle trees around and other native plants. Um, and we've, we've got a lot of, um, spinifex plains and sand dunes, basically the same when it goes down more, more south, more sand dunes and clay pans and um, lakes. And up north is more rivers, creeks, gorges, mm. hills and um, rainforest areas. Yeah. There was a news report about all the mangroves that had died off because of the lack of a wet season this year. And I was just wondering about those effects of climate change and the changes to the seasons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we do deal with a lot of climate change 
here in the Kimberley, um, because there's a different areas. With Mudra, we've been monitoring um, a lot of them, different changes through our plants and through our traditional knowledge that's been given us, given to us from our traditional owners. And one of the things that we've noticed out here was rainfall coming in late and cold weather coming in late, but the seasons are already changing within our flowers and stuff. Mm. So it's in, um, our old people are telling us that it should have been cold weather before, like um, about a month ago. But because of the flowers coming in late, they're saying that the, the seasons are changing a bit. Mm. So through our plants and through our animals and stuff, our old people are telling us that, that the climate changes are, are happening. And through the mm. climate change, we are losing some native plants out on the country, we've noticed. Yeah. Yeah. I know the state government in Western Australia was talking about deregistering a whole lot of cultural heritage sites. And I was wondering if that is something that had impacted your area or is, is the um, does the IPA protect those sites? There are, there are some sites within the um, within Ngura that does need protect more protection, um, but we don't have them kind of... Um, like we don't have, we're we're a long way from town, and some of the it's it's hard to get access to. So, um, as for other areas, it is it is hard to keep um, people out, you know, because we do need them significant site. They do need protection. Um, it it doesn't just you know it runs along with all the stuff that we do as rangers. Um, and one of the things is we look after a significant site whether it's a man's site or it's a woman's site. Mm. And it's very important that we do keep it protected, you know? Yes. Because um, it, it looks after and it holds our um, song lines, it holds our stories, and it's our connection to country. And for some re- for reasons, our people say to protect that area and to keep it safe from, our, from um, people that's visiting, you know? Yeah. What are the biggest threats to the country? One of the biggest threats that we have at the moment is the change of season. Mm. And um, because we don't, like, we don't, we're not getting enough rain out there and all these uh, weathers are changing and stuff. So, yeah, that's one of the biggest threats that we've got. We've also got feral animals impacting on our gillers. Um, and they, they're just terrible out there. Yeah. Mm. On a more personal level, how have you found that experience being involved with the Ranger program? It's been a challenging role as as coordinator, um, running a team of five women, um, but it's also a learning a learning curve for me to grow my skills into becoming a, a role model for our future. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And I know um, Sophia from the Country Needs People was saying how they're trying to expand the program. How important is that? It's very important because you've got, we've got all the ranger groups within the whole, you know, there's 
Kimberley Ranges, there's Central Desert Ranges, and there's other ranges from CARM and uh, Department of Wildlife. And uh, they all, you know, we're all doing the same thing out on country, looking after country, and we just do it differently, you know. Mm. Um, so the impact of looking after Australia, putting all these ranges out there, is the most important job that we've got at the moment, you know. And it's, it's, it's one of the best jobs because we're working out on country, we're working with our traditional owners, and we're learning out there as that's our the environment is our biggest school. And our old people is our scientists that are teaching us to do their traditional ways. Yeah, and we're, we're capturing the moments of, um, of all the trips, of all the things that we come across, of all the animals that we deal with. We're capturing them and holding on to that knowledge into our database, and that's where it's safe for the future. Mm, brilliant. Was there anything else that you wanted to add? I just want to acknowledge all the other ranger groups and just say, you know, what a fantastic job that they're all doing out there on their country, working together and moving forward into this, into this big environment of ours, Australia, and we're, we're, we're looking after it, no matter how far apart we all are, but we're all doing the same thing and continue doing it out there on your on your land, on your country. Mm. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much, Chantel, for taking the time to to talk to us for the show. No worries. Thank you for calling and um, giving that opportunity to Ngurra to for, for us to be able to speak out and tell the world that we are, you know, here to do a job and that's what we're doing. You're listening to Earth Matters, broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. And we've just been hearing from Norura Ranger Chantal Bowden. Whilst the IPAs are recognised as providing real social, cultural and environmental benefit, they are nevertheless under threat. The Country Needs People campaign is sharing the success stories of these programs and they're calling for the federal government to double funding for Indigenous rangers over the next five years, secure longer-term contracts for the rangers so that they have security and can plan into the future, and to set a long-term target of 5,000 Indigenous rangers in order to begin to meet the environmental demand of the vast land and seascape of Australia. Here's Sophia Walter to tell us more. Continuous People is a campaign that includes an alliance of 25 Indigenous organisations from around Australia. So they range from Torres Strait right in the top end um, down to, you know, far southwestern Australia and a lot of organisations in between. Um, and also Pew Charitable Trust, um, which is uh, an environmental international organisation. And all those organisations have come together and said, here are two programs, Indigenous Rangers and Indigenous Protected Area Programs, that are really delivering results for um, both country and protecting nature. Um, and for people by providing meaningful work for people um, in largely remote areas but also regional and even some sort of semi-urban areas around Australia. Um, so my personal involvement is that I've got a um, long passion for the place where conservation and people meet 
And um, and I think that, that if we're really going to protect the environment, then we need to look at the people who are in it and the people who can protect it best. And I think in Australia, there's nobody better than um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people to do that. So what is the focus of Country Needs People at the moment? So the big focus is um, we've got our government and it's the Liberal National Coalition again. Um, before the last election, we got a commitment from the Labor Party and from the Greens that they would support um, the campaign asks, which are doubling the funding for rangers and extending ranger contracts. Um, we're also calling for a long-term target of 5,000 Indigenous rangers across Australia to manage the scale of the environmental need. So our focus now has really turned to a few things. In the Northern Territory, the Labor Party is committed to, if they are elected, give $14 million to Indigenous rangers to help them with extra, mainly operational costs there. Um, most of the funding for Indigenous rangers and Indigenous protected areas comes from the federal government. So we'll continue our focus on the federal government and particularly the Liberal National Coalition um, really um, pushing to tell the environmental case of the work that Indigenous rangers are doing. Over the last year, we've um, made a really clear case for the social and economic benefits. So the benefits to communities, including um, for their health, providing meaningful employment, um, leadership roles within communities, all of those things um, are providing such a strong economic and social benefit. A government commissioned report has found that the return on investment is up to $3.40 for every dollar spent through Indigenous protected areas, which is just an incredible um, investment for the government. Now we're really looking at telling the environmental story and making sure that the government can see that across our landscape, Indigenous rangers are fighting feral animals, they're managing weeds, um, they, they're clearing our coastlines of marine debris like ghost nets and managing fire, all sorts of activities like that that are just vital for the landscape. Mm. And what is the Liberal National Coalition's position on this at the moment? Before the last election, um, they acknowledged um, that the programs were really delivering good results. The Indigenous Protected Area and Indigenous Programs were actually established under the Liberal National Coalition more than a decade ago. Um, but they have made no commitment to uh, secure the contracts or to grow the contracts, which are the two things that we're asking for. So, you know, an expression of pride is an important um, step along the way, but we really want to see um, a, a commitment to the future of these programs. Mm. And is there a particular story or something that's happened in your work there that's impressed on you the benefits of of the program? Yeah, there was a, a beautiful moment and it relates to um, what Chantelle was talking about with their bilby conservation work. Uh, recently I was out on country at Kiwakara, which is one of Australia's remotest communities in Western Australia, um, and uh, a scientist there was telling us about a particular formation on the earth. They called them fairy circles from the sky and they made international news because they sort of hadn't been recognised by the Western world really until Google Google came along and was mapping from you know aerial doing aerial mapping and finding these circles, and um, and the scientists were telling us how many scientists had been speculating what about these fairy circles and what were they, and um, a traditional owner walked over to us 
a Kiwakura woman called Gladys and she, she walked over and the scientist said, oh, what are these circles? And she said, oh, that's where termites are. And it was a real connection for me at the moment when science is spending so much money and so much energy to find something out when actually they could have just asked the traditional owners of the country and found out so much. Um, and, and I guess the value of that traditional knowledge is, is just incredible to Australia and I really hope we'll start to recognise that. Mm. What else would you like to add? Um, I think what I can say is that over the last year we've gotten 30, more than 30,000 supporters who have come onto the Country Needs People campaign and um, in a lot of ways we're trying to connect people in the city with what's happening in the bush um, and I know that in the city it can sometimes feel hard to connect with country and what's happening for Aboriginal people who live on country and I guess I'd say that the Country Needs People campaign, we're, we're really proud of the way we've been telling the success story about Indigenous land and sea management and I'd really encourage people to come to the Country Needs People website and uh, and sign on and just check out um, how great the work being done is by rangers out there. Mm, great. And are there particular actions that people can take to support the ranger program and, and the IPAs? People can contact their local members, their local members of parliament and tell them that this is a really important issue to them, that they think that Indigenous land and sea management is good for all Australians, including them, and that it's something that should be supported at every level of government, by every party. You've been listening to Sophia Walter from the Country Needs People campaign on Earth Matters, broadcast across the country on the Community Radio Network. That's all we have time for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. And thanks to Chantelle Bowden and Sophia Walter for joining us on the show. Australia has lost more mammal and plant species over the past 200 years than any other country. And as we've heard today, the Indigenous Protected Areas and the Rangers Program are not only vital for caring for the land, but they're also an opportunity to address some of the disadvantage that First Nations people experience due to colonisation. And they really need our support so that they're properly funded. So please get involved with the campaign. For more information and updates, you can visit countryneedspeople.org.au and I'll post all the links from today's show on our Facebook page. The podcast of today's show and others like it can be downloaded at 3cr.org.au backslash earthmeadows. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous financial support and the Community Radio Network for distributing the show around the country. Earth Matters was produced in the studios at 3CR Radio in Fitzroy, Victoria, on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri of the Kulin Nation, for which sovereignty has never been ceded. If you have any feedback or questions, our contact phone is 03. 03- 9419-8377 and our email is earthmatters3cr at gmail.com We hope you can tune in again next week for more environmental and social justice news from all around the planet. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.
Thank you.